welcome to Grace Life Church Podcast. If you would like any more information about us, please visit our website, gracelife.com.au. Now this morning we're, we're blessed to uh, have Pastor Andrew who's going to be bringing the word and this is the first time he's preached in over a year, first time he's preached in here at Grace Life and I just wanted to say before he comes to minister that uh, Pastor Andrew and Wendy, they came into our family during COVID, they actually found our church uh, community during the COVID uh, lockdowns and felt God leading them into to, to be based and planted here and I've got to say they have been an absolute blessing to us as a community their faithfulness their love their heart for prayer the the journey that they've been on has kind of just kind of connected so well with who we are as a people and so I honor you guys I'm really excited this morning to hear what's come from your heart and what's from uh, the experience that God's God's taught you and I wonder if we can just make him feel welcome with a big hand as he comes to minister the word this morning. Thank you. Praise God. Hallelujah. Continuing on today with uh, Hebrews, Hebrews 11. Um, but uh, before I start this morning, I just uh, wanted just to say a couple of things. And um, mindful of the clock. Is the clock on for me? Oh. Give me 35 minutes, wow. I am a, you are looking at, rather, uh, you are looking at a PowerPoint virgin this morning. Of all the years I've been speaking and ministering, this is the first time I've ever had PowerPoint use. And I just want to just honor Pastor John, who's really helped me through this and, and sorted it out for me. And if I get lost there somewhere, you guys at the back, you're going to have to really work hard today to keep me in line and yeah, thumbs up from the back there. So, so yeah. So just to break the ice, you know, we're, we're reminded at, at, uh, at, at a sort of life group and other things that make people feel really comfortable when they come in. Well, uh, I'm holding up a, a mint imperial, if you've never seen one of these before. Now, those that sit near me sometimes during the week will probably see me popping a few of these in my mouth. Well, Pastor Scott is a five or six mint imperial message person. It's a joke, that is. <laughs> I've only got four in my pocket this morning, so hopefully I shall keep to my time. Praise God. Let me just pray. Father, I thank you this morning for the privilege and the honor of standing here be, before this congregation. And I pray, Lord, that you will Touch my lips, Holy Spirit, that, Father, I would only say the things that you want me to say. That, Father, I would disregard in my heart the things that you don't want me to say. But may the things that I say, Father, may they touch the lives of men and women and young people this morning. That, Father, that we will go on to be men and women, young people of faith. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Maybe this was a bad idea behind the lectern. It's a squealy lectern. Praise God. Heroes of faith. I'm going to just be reading from the Passion Translation this morning. I just want to read Hebrews 11, 17 to 22. Hebrews 11, 17 to 22. 17. Faith operated powerfully in Abraham. 
For when he was put to the test, he offered up Isaac. Even though he received God's promise of descendants, he was willing to offer up his only son. For God had promised, through your son Isaac, your lineage will carry you. Sorry, will carry on your name. In verse 19, Abraham's faith made it logical to him that God could raise Isaac from the dead. And symbolically, that's exactly what happened. The power of faith prompted Isaac to impart a blessing to his sons, Jacob and Esau, concerning their prophetic destinies. Jacob worshipped in faith's reality at the end of his life, and leaning upon his staff, he imparted prophetic blessing upon each of Joseph's sons. Faith inspired Joseph and opened his eyes to see into the future. For as he was dying, he prophesied about the exodus of Israel out of Egypt and gave instructions that his bones were to be taken from Egypt with them. Friends, because of God's promise, because of God's covenant, Abraham trusted his God, even when his faith was put to a real test. I don't know about you, reading the story way back there in, 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 in Genesis 22, we just, we just read about the, the amazing story that's told there of, this, uh, of, of the Mon, 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 Mount Moriah, just the, the sacrifice that was about to happen. That this man Abraham, who had had Isaac as son of promise, that he was willing to put him on the altar and sacrifice his son. It's quite amazing, quite amazing to, to realize. But because of the promise God gave him, because of, as I'll go on to talk, talk about, because of, 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 of the life that he lived with his, with his heavenly father, he was able to trust God right up to that moment of, 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 of seeing that thing happen. I don't know about you, I would never want to be put in a position like that. You know, how would we react you know, my grandson up there this morning. You know, if God said, take your grandson and sacrifice him. It's not the God I know. And it's forbidden, totally forbidden in scripture. But this was such a test of this man's heart towards his heavenly father. And it says in there, in Scripture, faith operated powerfully. Faith moved powerfully in him. In fact, it moved so powerfully that it was logical to Abraham to sacrifice his son. It was logical because he knew that God was going to just be the answer, provide an answer for him. He just knew because God had been so faithful to him. But like us, Sometimes we have to learn the hard way. We have to learn the hard way about things. And, and Abraham had learned the hard way of how to follow his heavenly father. Faith is all about walking through doors that God has opened. So let's back up a little this morning. and let's, uh, I'm not going to go to these scriptures. I haven't got time this morning. But in Genesis 15, God made a covenant, a covenant with Abraham. The very first covenant we read about in scripture and obedience is the key to this covenant if you will obey me I will give you children 
a child of promise and you will go on to be the father of many nations. He would give him a son and an heir. And scripture tells us that Abram believed and because he believed, God counted him righteous. Because of his belief, God counted him righteous. Because of our relationship with Jesus, we are counted and accounted righteous before Christ this morning. It's all because of him. The team led us through songs this morning, that one song, you know, his goodness. It's just so precious to realize this morning that his goodness does follow after us. He's so faithful. He never lets us down. And, and, and when we can talk from a position of understanding God's faithfulness, we can understand a little bit of how Abraham thought it was logical that he would go through the motions but believing that God will come through for him. How amazing. Genesis 16, we, we, we read about Abraham kicking a door down. And I thought to myself as I sort of was studying and preparing for this, isn't that just like us? Isn't it just like me, Andrew? Because you can't get things to happen. What do you do? You just kick a door down. And, and we're so capable of doing that of kicking doors down to try and make God's promise happen to us. But he jumped the gun thinking that he could obtain God's promise his own way. And I thought, yeah, just, just so like me in my younger years. Trying to kick a door, trying to make it happen because I thought it should happen. Trying to make it happen the way I thought God should make it happen. And yet God wants to do it his way and only his way because it's the best way. Sleeping with Hagar, his Egyptian maid, and producing Ishmael. You know, Ishmael's birth caused such conflict in their household. You read about it in Galatians 4.29, how Ishmael persecuted Isaac. You know, it was never the same because because when, when, when Abraham tried to do things his way, a child was conceived that was not the child of promise. But he wanted to do it his way. He wanted to make it work. He thought he could do it. He thought he could shortcut God. God, I'm nearly 100 years of age. You know, how much time have I got left to produce a child? Just thinking the way that we think, we can't shortcut God's plan. You know, and uh, Pastor Scott said this morning as he read Psalm 23 about the Father chasing after us. And he does that. You know, we, we can never run away from God. We can never run away from what Father wants us. Because he has a plan for your life. He has a plan for my life. And because, because of the plan, he's always there. He's always around us. And as Pastor Scott said, when we walk away and we, we, we move away, he's always there. Because he's trying to bring us back on plan. Back to where that place is that he wants us to be. The place of blessing. Not a place of being estranged from him. But a place where we can, can just feel that we're just in that right place. And as Christians we know we're in that right place. We know we're there. Because of the Holy Spirit within us. Holy Spirit tells us you're in the right place. Yeah, and uh, it's so blessed this morning to know that we have within us. Uh, as, as people who love Jesus. We have Holy Spirit working in our life. In Genesis 17, we read about, a, about God's confirmation to him after he'd messed up, after he'd made the mistake, after he'd produced Ishmael. 
He said, I will give you a son and you will call him his name Isaac. He will be the child of promise. He will be your child of promise. Even in your old age, Abraham, I can work miracles in your life. It's not over. It's not over. It's not, it's not over till the fat lady sings. It's, it's not over till God says it's over. And as Christians, we, we so often give up and say it's over because it's not happening the way I thought it would happen. It's not happening the way I thought God would do it. And so it must be over. Friends, it's not over until God says it's over. It's, it's really amazing. It's not about old age. It's, it, it, you know, the, in, the, in, in the New King James, I think King James, it says, a man almost, Abraham, a man almost dead. That God could make him able to produce the child of promise. And for Sarah, his wife, that she would be able to conceive that child of promise. It's miraculous. You know, we serve a miraculous God. Our God is so amazing. We just don't give him credit for how amazing he is. You know, and, and, and this is why I wanted to skip back there and then bring you back into where we are in Hebrews 11. Because, because Abraham found out through relationship that he could trust God in every single thing. And if, and if I just want to leave you with something this morning, it's, it's, it's relationship. It's so important. Relationship is so important. We can't walk, walk our lives all week away from God and come into church on a Sunday and, and, and think, yeah, this is, this is my little bit. No, friends, a, a relationship with Jesus is a, is a, is a 24-hour a day, seven-day-a-week ex existence with him he's always there he never leaves us as the word says he never leaves us or forsakes us Jesus Christ is the same yesterday today and forever so we can trust in him because he never changes we can, we can hold on to his promises because he never changes and this is the God that we serve it's not about age it's about obedience and it's about trust That's a very pricey version of what happened back there in Genesis. But I felt it necessary this morning, so we set the scene about Hebrews eleven seventeen, and and here we have this amazing, amazing story. You can find it in in Genesis twenty two. That 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 here we have a man who really had to learn the hard way. You know. You know, some of us learn things the hard way. But sometimes some, somebody can speak something into our life that takes away some of that hardship. We don't have to always do it the hard way, even though we want to struggle through and make it work for ourselves. And so I praise God for the men and women of faith, the heroes of faith that have, that have been in Wendy in my life all of the years. And I think I said I give a testimony when we first came to, to Grace Life over a year ago now. That, that we've had men and women who have clapped us from the sidelines and said, come on, you can do this thing. When we're going through tough situations in our lives, and we've had these people that are almost like clapping us from the side of the track. And it's been great watching the Olympics and seeing what's going on there. You know, I just feel sometimes it's like that. And they, it was devoid of people this year. Very strange to watch the Olympics with hardly any people there. But, but we felt all along through our lives, in our, our difficult times, in our hardship times, in the times where we thought God had forgotten about us and left us, we found that there was always somebody who would cheer us on and say, you can do this, you two. 
You know, God is this for, to do what he wants you to do in your life. And it's not, it's not a time where he's, he's left, you, left you fatherless, but he's there as father and he's going to take you through. It's amazing. But Abraham had to learn the hard way to try and make God's promise happen his way. And he learned the lesson through trying to kick doors down. And here they are on the mountain of Moriah, Mount Zion. And today, that's where the, the, the temple in Jerusalem sits. This was a very special place that Abraham and Isaac ended up at. You know, there, those days, it was just a mountain, wasteland, whatever. But now, on that very same place, it was where David made a sacrifice. You read about King David making a sacrifice at the threshing floor. That's the same place. And this was a very special place in, 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 in Scripture. Amazing place. And we, we, we see, we see their dad and, and son standing there. And, and, uh, and, and, and Abraham stopped, it says, at the place where he was going to build the altar. And he built the altar. And, and it says that, that Isaac looked at him and, and in my words said, Dad, the fire is here and the wood's here. But where's the lamb for the sacrifice? What a question. And I wonder how Abraham must have felt when his son asked him that question. Amazing to think, you know, that, 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 that sometimes we come to situations where we feel there is no next step. No next step. We, we end up in a place where there's no turning back, no turning around. And yet when we trust God, even in that place that we can't move from, he opens up a way that we can escape from that. And he, he, he I just found the story amazing that, that it doesn't, scripture doesn't tell us that, that Isaac made a fuss, that he, he fought his father off, that he, um, he tried to run away, but it tells us that he is, in the way that it's written in scripture that it was almost like a willing sacrifice. How amazing that this young man would allow his dad to tie him up and place him upon the altar. What absolute faith, faith in his father, and his father had faith in his heavenly father. And God provides you, all know the story, you must have heard it so many times. But because of that trusting relationship that Abraham had with God, and he knew deep down in his heart that God would provide a way, because God has always provided a way before. And here, even, even this son of promise lying on the altar, God would provide a way. And I'm sure if I was in his place, I would say, oh, please God, please God, find a way. Find a way now. You know, it's, it's, it's getting past the point of no return. And then the angel says, you know, don't lay a hand on the young man. There's the ram caught in the thicket. God always provides a way, even when you think, all is lost. All is lost. God provides a way for you and he provides a way for me. Dad, the fire and the wood are here, but where's the lamb? Where's the lamb today? Isaac is surely a type of Christ. We just see Jesus in Isaac. We just see that willingness to sacrifice, let dad put him on the altar and, uh, and give his life. And would you see the same in our, our precious Lord and Savior Jesus this morning, that he was willing to, to go through. Remember what he said in the garden when he went away and prayed, Father, not, your, not my will, but your will be done. And how Jesus went on to provide a way for us. 
just as we see here in this story of God providing a way for Abraham. Are we willing to sacrifice the promise that God has made to us? Or will we proudly wear it like a medal? I don't know what God's promised you, if he's promised you something, but are you using it? Or have you got it pinned to your chest like a medal and do you polish it up and say, yeah, God's given me this. And my question, church, this morning, what are we doing with the promise? What are we doing with the promise? We can't just keep polishing it. Or we polish it away. But God wants us to put it to use. Put it to use. Put it to his glory. Do something with your promise, whatever that promise is. Now, I don't know what that promise may be for you. You know, Sometimes we can just become satisfied with, with where we're at. My, my, my grandson, I shall talk about him in a few minutes, he was a child of promise. Nathan was a, a child of promise to Wendy and myself. And I'm sure for my daughter and husband as well. And in the last two years, I've learned to, to love him. He drives me nuts sometimes, but... I've just learned to, to, about this young man and, and he's learned to trust in me. It's amazing what God can do when we're willing to, 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 to do something with the promise that God has, has given to us. You know, we, being satisfied with where we're, where we're at is, 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 is no good if it's not where God wants us to be. Being satisfied with what we could if God wants to give us more we can just become so satisfied with what God gives to us, we can just say, we can take the foot off the pedal, we can sit back, we can relax. And God says, there's a world out there that is falling off the edge of the cliff. What will you do? What will you do? What will you use your promise to do in this generation? What do we do with what we've got? Let's use glory today. Maybe you've never had a word from God. Maybe you sat here this morning, you're perhaps a new Christian, even, even somebody who's, who's come to church for years. A guy in Spain that told me once and he'd been a Christian for probably 35, 40 years. And he said, God's never spoken to me. And I found it so sad that somebody is totally unaware of God's voice, totally cannot register but it's God that is speaking to him. It happens sometimes. You know, maybe you haven't got a word yet or a promise from God. If that's you, why don't you ask him? You know, it normally comes from this book. That's normally where the promises come from. Are we waiting for a, a big booming voice from heaven that says, Andrew, Go to Alaska, reach out to a, a, a remote indigenous tribe with the message of Jesus. <laughs> it doesn't happen like that. It's just a, a sense in your spirit that God is doing something, wants to do something in your life, wants to do something in my life. If you're waiting for a booming voice from heaven, or even a still small voice this morning, just be aware. Ask God. Don't be frightened to ask God. God, where is my promise? I want to do something with my life. What, 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 what have you got for me? What, what, what's there? 
And then when, he, when God answers your, your, your prayer, your request, don't just wear it and say, I got the promise. Doesn't it look good on me? Use it for God's glory. Use it to bless other people. Use it to do something constructive. Ask Father to speak to your heart through his word. Now, um, we, 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 we have amazingly... We have amazingly like, like um, Abraham. We, Wendy and I have a, a grandson of promise in America, in, in Colorado. And um, this is an amazing story. Um, we're, my, my son and daughter-in-law, they found out shortly after they arrived in America, some 19 years ago, that they weren't able to have children. And so um, they prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and uh, they were gonna go through like a foster adopt scheme and all sorts of things they'd worked out. And, um, and we were over there one year, and um, we found out that, uh, that my daughter-in-law, Claire, that, that she felt God had spoken to her and said, uh, and said I'm going to give you a, a boy, a child, and, uh, and, and he, he will be exactly what you want, and you'll have him from six days old, five or six days old. I can't remember now, quite, it was such a long time ago. And we arrived in, in Colorado to, to, to the family there, and they said, oh, next Saturday, I'm, I'm having a shower party, a baby shower. <laughs> you haven't got a baby, Claire. She said, no, but God said. God says I'm having a boy, and it's going to be this date. And we sort of smiled, as you do, like grandparents to come, to be. Ah, you know, yeah, well. And, um, and we went there to the baby shower, and people had brought presents for a boy. And it was just amazing to sit in that room with all of Claire's friends bringing presents in. And, um, you know, on the very day that God had said, she had a phone call from the hospital to say we have a, a, a six, five or six-day-old child who needs fostering. Will you come and pick him up from the hospital? And now that young man is 16 going on 17, uh, and he's an amazing young man. Char our child of promise. Our grandchild of promise. You know, and the, uh, Isaac means laughter. Isaac means laughter. God has a sense of humor too because when he told Abraham and Sarah they would have a child, they both laughed at different occasions. Uh, Isaac means child of laughter. One who laughs. And since coming to here, to Australia, we've, uh, we've, uh, we've landed ourselves with... Uh, a former, uh, a future AFL or rugby star to come, Australian guy. This guy is like a lump of lead and, uh, and he's heavy and difficult and hard and yet we love him to bits and he's, 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 mirac he's miraculous. And um, we, we just thank God for him. And, uh, and, and we, we arrived four years ago in Australia to, to find our daughter having a, a first of three miscarriages. And those next 18 months, two years, we prayed into that situation. God, give them the child that they desire. And we lost one, then they lost another one, then we lost another one. And then Nathan was the fourth, and this one is our, our grandchild of promise. So on both sides of, I don't know, both sides of the water, Pacific this side probably, we have grandchildren of promise. God is so faithful. When you, you pray and you, you, you just hold them up in prayer and believe for miracles to take place. You know, we so often don't 
Don't trust God. You know, we, when, we, when we've seen the miracles, we, we can believe things. And so, like, like, ask God to show you something. It's not all about the miracles. It's about faith and trust and hope and holding it. But sometimes God will show you something. And we have seen in our lives, miracle after miracle after miracle, God has done and God has came through for us. When we came here to Australia, I think I've mentioned this a bit, little bit before, but we only came with three things. And nothing else. We, we came, for, obviously, to, to be with family, but we came with three things that I felt God has spoken to us. He said, come and spy out the land. He said, then start to pray and speak life and prophesy life over the dry bones in the valley. We didn't know that our daughter had bought a house in Swan Valley. And that's the word he gave us in Spain before we came to here. And so God was there. And he said, then when we started to pray and prophesy over those dry bones, this is why we feel prayer is such an important part of our, our life here at Grace Life. We're, we're, we're prophesying and speaking life over the dry bones of Ellenbrook and around this area and in the Swan Valley. We're believing that the dry bones will come back to life. Spiritual bones coming back to life. Can you believe for that this morning? Can you believe that? Can you believe the dry bones in your own families and friends? Can you believe for them to come back to life? God has shown us that he's going to bring them. As we start to really pray, as we start to speak life over them, then he will, he will pour out, he said, the third thing was he would then pour out his new brand of wine. And so we're, we're, we're ready, Lord. <laughs> we're ready, Lord, for that, that new brand of wine. God is doing a new thing. Uh, and I believe he's doing a new thing here in Grace Life here. God is a new thing. He's preparing us for an outpouring of his spirit like we've never seen before. Are we ready? Are we ready? Are we trusting? Are we holding on to what he said? And since we've been here in Australia, you know, we came with that word and we haven't really had a specific word since. And then one morning we were, we were praying for Altar One actually and, uh, and uh, Wendy got this reading and she read it out and, and since then it's just like it, it's, it's been a part of our, our, our next part of the, of the journey here together. And that's found in Psalm 71. And I want, sorry, yeah, Psalm 71. And I just want to read a few verses um, from verse 15 to 18 out of the Passion Translation. And it says these words, the whole, the whole chapter, read it at home, Psalm 71, but specifically these verses. I couldn't begin to count the times you've been there for me. With the skill of a poet, I'll never run out of things to say. Of how you faithfully kept me from danger. I will come forth in your mighty strength, O Lord my God. I will tell everyone that you alone are the perfect one. From my childhood, you've been my teacher. And I'm still telling everyone of your miracle wonders. God, now that I'm old and gray, don't walk away. Give me grace to demonstrate to the next generation all your mighty miracles and your excitement to show them your magnificent power. And, and if, I, I won't call myself a great Bible teacher, but like others before, before us, I consider myself to be an encourager. And I want to encourage you this morning. It's not about your age. It's not about how old you are or how young you are. It's about how willing you are. How willing you are to step out in faith. How willing you are to believe in Jesus to do something absolutely miraculous in your life. It's just such amazing, amazing God we have and we serve this morning. You know, um, it's not over yet. It's not over yet for us. You know, and if, um, if, if God was to, don't tell Wendy this, but if God was to say, go west, young man, <laughs> or go east, young man, I'd go. At 70, at 70, I'd go. Because I know it's where the blessing's going to be. I know that's where God is going to do something miraculous.
I know Pastor Scott will release me to do that. You know, because it's all about, it's all about reaching, teaching, and mobilizing. It's about mobilizing the, it's very similar, the, 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 the wording on, on the Grace Life sort of manifesto for thing. It's very similar to ours at Victory Churches we were in for many years. Reach, teach, mobilize. And it's, it's that. So we, it's not about sitting in the same seat all of our lives, but it's being prepared to go. Are you ready to go this morning? Are you, are you ready to go to your Mariah? Are you ready to go and to make a sacrifice for God? Amazing. You know, after, after a couple of years in Spain, we were back in UK for a conference. And I'm going to have to speed up now. Time's against me. I'm waffling. And um, we, I'm okay. You can set, we put the clock back a bit for me. That's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> we, um, we, we went back to the UK and saw our old pastor, a pastor uh, that was over us, a church in the UK. And while we were there, um, we asked Pastor Will, I think Wendy asked him the question. We've we, we moved to Spain. We've we, we, we refurbished this old cottage farmhouse thing that we found there. And two years on about, and uh, we had still had a little bit of money left in the bank from when we sold our house in England. And, uh, and she said to Will, she said, uh, when are we really living by faith? Because we were told that our journey would be a, a journey of faith. Uh, and he turned around to us and he said, the fact that you were willing to leave here and go there is a sign of the faith that you have. It's not about the money in the bank. It's about your heart attitude. Are you ready? Are you willing to go? And as I said, if God wanted us to do something different now, you know, once his time, once he, he feels that we've done what we can do, you know, he will, he, we, we will know when it's time to, to move, to move on. Hopefully it won't be too quickly. I, I just want to share this with you. I found a word in Hebrew. I've been looking at a few Hebrew words lately, certainly with praise and with worship. You know, and um, faith empowers us to see and believe in the power of God's words. Faith empowers us to see and believe in the power of God's words. You see, faith is an action word. It's not a passive word. It's, it, it's, it's, it's not something that we just say, oh, I've got faith, but it's, I've got faith. I can believe for miracles. I can believe for amazing things to happen because I've got the faith because I have the experience of my God who's brought me through from this to this to this and he saved me from that and he's put us there and he's done something with our lives. It's been a continuous journey over the years from the UK to Spain and then over to Australia. Well, what, what's coming next? What well, we know that God will be there. God will have gone before us and God will be doing amazing things to keep us on track there. Faith empowers us to see and believe in the power of God's words. Faith is an action word. And this, this we, we, we don't think of it as action. As Psalm 46.10, be still and know that I am God. Well, what's action about that? Well, when you look in the Hebrew, uh, be still, it's the Hebrew word harpu, H-A-R-P-U. It means to let go and release. To let go and release. It doesn't imply passivity of being passive, it implies to actively let go in order to know that God's in control. Because sometimes we want to let go, but we want to just hold a little bit back for us. But this word here, be still, means to just release it and say, God, I'm not in control of this anymore. You do it through me, through my life. Amazing. The same word was used uh, as Moses was, was, was taking them across the Red Sea. 
And he says these words to them, the Lord will fight for you. You only have to be silent. And this, this word appears here again. Be, the be silent, in other words, is don't say anything, don't do anything, just let God do it for you. And this is where we find our, our story this morning. In Hebrews 11, 20 to 22, we'll read about, I'm just going to read these verses out. Um, the power of faith prompted Isaac to impart a blessing to his sons, Jacob and Esau, concerning their prophetic destinies. Jacob worshipped in faith's reality at the end of his life. Leaning upon his staff, he imparted a prophetic blessing upon each of Joseph's sons. And faith inspired Joseph, verse 22, and opened his eyes to see the future as he was dying. And he prophesied about the exodus out of Egypt. Don't wait till you're dying to do something for your kids and your grandkids. Start speaking life over them today. Start prophesying over them today. Stop speaking words of life over them today. So easy to wait and wait and wait. Even when they've been bad and disobedient and naughty and all sorts of things. Just love them and start speaking life over them. Start doing what all these great heroes of faith did. Start speaking over their kids. Start speaking over this church. Speak life over this church. Speak over the, the, the young people in kids' church. Speak life over them. Speak life over the worship team. Speak life over urban youth. Start speaking life over these things that God will do a miracle in this time, in this generation. Faith is an action word. And, and, and in these three verses, we see faith causing these Old Testament men to start to speak. But they, it was like as if it was the end of their life. They gave instructions. They told them what would be happening in the future. Don't wait till the end of your life to do that, but do it while you can. Faith prompted Isaac to impart a prophetic blessing. Faith was so real in Jacob that with authority, he prophesied over his grandsons and his sons. It was amazing what he said, and we can read about it in Genesis 49. Faith inspired Joseph to prophesy the future exodus from Egypt. See, faith is a doing word. It's an amazing word. It's all of these things that we have here. Faith is an action word right through Hebrews 11, right through the whole chapter that we've been going through. Faith does these things. It inspires, it enables, it motivates, it empowers, uh, it moves us, it prompts us, it stirs us, it imparts to us. It does all of those things. <clears throat> Sorry, faith is all about trust and relationship. Relationship is so very important to our walk of faith. Trusting and not doubting is the real key to stepping out in faith. When we can really trust God with our lives, we'll get to that place that we'll find it logical to trust him in that situation. But we know that we know that we know he's going to come through for us, no matter what happens, no matter what's going on. Praise God. Faith is all about trust and relationship. And a relationship with Jesus. And when we have that with him, our availability opens up to him. We're there able and willing to do things for him that we wouldn't do before. And I've got the photograph on screen, hopefully, if, if we can put up the one of, of my grandson, if possible. Yeah, that's the one. That's a chamber ring, it's a, we call it chamber rings in England. That's a concrete ring used in construction. It's down at one of the parks at Averley. And um, my grandson, at two and a bit, climbs up to the top of that ring, and for nobody else but me, he will leap off the top of that ring, 
and I'll catch him. You know, that's trust that's come through that relationship that I've had with him. It's taken two years to get to that stage where he's willing now to take a, a leap of faith knowing granddad's going to catch him. Granddad's going to hold him there. But it took that long. It took two years of me helping him, protecting him. And suddenly, childlike faith comes in, into play and he does that. And he takes, but it takes time to build relationships. We, we haven't got time to mess around with, 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 our, with, our, with our relationship with Jesus. We need to get real with him and just, just, just really hold on to what he's going to do for us in our lives. You know, back in the UK, I've got a friend named Wyn Goss, Welsh, Welsh guy, very talented musician, songwriter, He's pastor, evangelist, prophet, and church planter. And back in 2002, when he already had about eight, seven or eight churches around Wales that he was looking after, God, the Holy Spirit, said this to him. He said this amazing thing. He said, When will you let go of everything you have ever known to lay hold of everything you have ever dreamed of? And that's really what I want to leave with you this morning. Will you let go of everything that you've ever known to lay hold of everything you've ever dreamed of letting go speaks of surrender as I come up to a close Pastor Scott so powerfully demonstrated last Sunday that our walk of faith is like carrying a promise so lightly that we're willing to just give it up give it over to, to others to pass it on to other generations it's not a hot potato we don't get it and then give it away quickly but God will, know, God will tell us when it's time to let, just let this thing go but will we take up, will we, will we, are we prepared to sacrifice what we have, what, we, what God's given to us on that altar this morning? Just like the Olympic torch, we see it being carried along. And where that, uh, from Olympia, where, where, where it comes through, the countries ends up in the nation that's putting on the Olympics, that flame is going. It reminds, the, reminds everybody of what the heart of the Olympics is all about. You know, we're passing on to generations and our grandchildren that they will be raised up and they will have a relationship with Jesus. You know, the, the surrender is a sign of strength. The decisions we make today will affect generations to come. It's as huge a deal as that. The decisions you make today with your life with regards to Jesus will affect generations to come. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast from Grace Life Church. For more information about us or any of our services, please visit our website at gracelife.com.au.